the evil gets passed down, climate change gets hit again, and registering your home garden. What? Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. I think. I don't know. There is something really screwy going on with Rumble tonight. I don't know why. It keeps telling me I've actually re restarted our broadcast. And it's telling me it's waiting for an encoder server. I am streaming. I am live. I can see the show going out. But there's something happening. So I'm also recording tonight. If we don't get live or if we are or aren't live, uh, my favorite, second favorite woman on the planet, Missy Bean over there in Connecticut. We love you. Uh, She's keeping tabs on it for me. So anyway, we're going to continue on with the show. We may or may not be live. I have no idea what's going on. Rumble, get your ass in gear and get this fixed. And in the meantime, if we're not live, then we will have the recorded version of the show and we'll put that up there um, as soon as we're done with the show. (laughs) Just... I don't know. All right, let's just get on with it, shall we? Let's get to the Miko update. Our little girl is not doing so well. <coughs> Excuse me. She uh, she had a bit of an adventure, and this is her. Uh, on Saturday night, uh, Saturday afternoon, actually, about 5, 6 o'clock, uh, we were downstairs. She was upstairs in the bedroom. She loves to jump up on the bed, and we let her. We don't mind. But when I left, she was sleeping on the floor. Then suddenly we heard a noise and she came limping down the stairs, almost couldn't make it and got down and just her back right leg gave out. So I don't know. It was like, oh crap, now what? So we raced to the vet, the nearest one, which is just a few kilometers away. He checked her out, gave her a good pull on her legs and all and said nothing was broken, but it's possible she may have a dislocated hip on the right hand side. He doesn't have an x-ray machine. It's a brand new vet just getting set up. His x-ray machine isn't working yet. So he gave us a recommendation to a vet, but they were closed and they wouldn't be open until today. So needless to say, we had to wait. He gave us some pain pills, which kind of knocked her loopy. And uh, he gave us a few extra in case it took longer to get to the vet, which it did because she's going tomorrow to have an x-ray. Anyway, Come Sunday morning, she's fine. She's back running around. She's using her right paw for scratching her behind the ear, and and she seems normal. I'm not ignoring it. We're going to take her to have an x-ray because it'll be worth it to get it checked out. But uh, this was her earlier today. And right there, if you see over there on the ground right next to her, that's a toast bit. She loves toast bits. And she was not having anything to do with it. So you can kind of tell she's like got her tongue sticking out like, leave me alone, dad. I've had enough. (laughs) Anyway, I'll keep you updated. I'll let you know tomorrow night what's going on as far as that goes. But uh, little Miko is, uh, she seems to be doing well. Our Miko update brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox. BarkBox.com slash Miko is our link. And that'll get you a free month when you sign up for a 6 or 12 month subscription. Uh, what you will get is delivered right to your door. A themed monthly box full of goodies, two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. 
and you will be amazed. Your dog will love it, I promise. In fact, they have a 100% happiness guarantee. BarkBox.com slash Miko. And for a very limited time, if you look in the show notes down below, expand that down. You'll see BarkBox.com slash Miko. And then it says, or, and there's another special link. That's a special deal that I got you on Fun Toys from Fun Boy. It's from BarkBox and Fun Boy and the Jay Sheldon Show. And you can pick between uh, four different cool water toys for your dog or for you. And uh, check it out. It's from BarkBox.com and us here at the Jay Sheldon Show. So thank you, BarkBox.com for uh, putting it all together and making it happen. All right, we are continuing to check, and I am continuing to see that for some reason it's still waiting for an encoding server, and what that means is beyond me, so we're just going to leave it there and pray and hope it works. If it doesn't, like I said, then you're likely watching this live. So, uh... Yeah, see, my, I told you, my dearest friend on the planet, she says, uh, is it live? I have the link, but nothing plays. Uh, so I'm going to say it is, but I'm also recording for later if it doesn't. This is going to be so funny when she watches this, if it doesn't work. Okay, so there you go. I'm just... They, she, she keeps track of everything on the show. She's like my my executive producer. So, all right. Here we go. Uh, you've probably seen this story already. You've probably gagged at it. But, eh, you know, uh, we're going to beat a dead horse to, to death. George Soros, his successor. He says he's more political than his father is, and that's not good news. George Soros has handed over his $25 billion company to his son, younger Alex Soros. He confirmed Soros George, so he confirmed his son, will be taking over his philanthropy empire. In his first interview since he was tapped to take over the nonprofit Open Societies Foundation, which has done nothing but screw with everything politically in this country forever, and in a lot of other countries too, if you weren't aware. Um, his first interview, he's tapped to take over. Uh, he told the Wall Street Journal he's more political than his father, while saying he's concerned about the prospects of Donald Trump returning to the White House. What a moron. The interview came after it was reported that Alex has actually visited the White House more than a dozen times since Joe Biden's tenure in office. Gee, I wonder why. A little political influence there. He also recently tweeted a picture of himself with Vice President Kamala Harris. As much as I would, this is him talking, as much as I would like to get money out of politics, as long as the other side is doing it, we will have to do it too. See? He just looks like a troublemaker. Doesn't he look this whiny little... Uh, during the interview, Alex also urged Democratic figures to be clearer on delivering their messages, as well as being more patriotic and inclusive to win over voters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just because... This is him talking again. Just because someone votes Trump doesn't mean they're lost or racist. The 37-year-old added he wants to help Democrats appeal to Latino voters. Yeah, good luck with that 
you lost them already, pal, and they ain't coming back, as well as improved turnout among blacks in elections. Same story. Alex expressed concern that free speech on college campuses is becoming too restricted. What? Yeah, yeah for conservatives. He says, I have some differences with my generation in regard to free speech and other things. I grew up watching Bill Maher before bed, after all, he said. Hmm. The journal also reported how for years it was widely believed that Alex's elder half-brother, Jonathan, Jonathan Soros, would actually be the one to succeed George. But the pair had a falling out which resulted in Jonathan leaving his father's investment business back in 2011. We didn't get on on certain points, George told the journal. That became evident to both of us, particularly to him, and he wanted to be out on his own. Soros, of course, long been the target of uh, Republican figures because of the billions he's given to ridiculous liberal progressive causes, the OSF. Uh, the 92-year-old Jewish-Hungarian immigrant who lived through the Holocaust as a child has also frequently been the target of far-right, and it says here anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. That's total bullshit. We all know that, so whatever. The journal notes that uh, OSF has clearly supported Jewish causes, does not celebrate Jewish holidays. In comparison, Alex celebrates such Jewish religious holidays as Rosh Hashanah, and Passover. Well, who cares? Knock yourself out. Uh, discussing the changeover, Anthony Romero, the executive director of the American Civil Liberties Union, which gets funding from OSF, said he believes Alex is unlikely to be the boogeyman that George Soros was for the far right going forward. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. So there you go. There is uh, new old blood at the top of uh, of the Soros empire. And believe it or not, it just doesn't look much better because this guy looks like they say an apple doesn't fall far from the tree. In this case, a turd doesn't fall far from the toilet. And that's about <laughs> exactly right. All right. What else is going on here tonight? Oh, Daniel Penny. You remember? Uh, you know that name? You do know that name. You may not know you know that name, but you do know that name. Uh, he has put out a video. Interesting. I can't play the whole thing. It's five, six minutes long, and it's just far too long. But he describes Neely's violent threats. Daniel Penny is the Marine on the subway who uh, took action against Neely. Uh, he rejects the racism allegations, and he's come out with a new video statement. Lawyers for Marine vet Daniel Penny released a series of videos Sunday, just a couple days ago, in which he detailed the moments leading up to the confrontation with Jordan Neely, who, according to Penny, was, and multiple witnesses, was threatening passengers, saying he was willing to die before he was restrained. Penny currently is facing manslaughter charges Again, speaking of Soros from this idiotic New York DA, uh, career criminal Jordan Neely died shortly after he was restrained by Penny and two additional passengers. In this series of videos, which I encourage you to click on the link in our show notes and watch these, this video because it's 
very telling. And it's the words right out of the horse's mouth. Um, the 24-year-old denied reports he held Neely in a chokehold for 15 minutes. He said you could see his chest rising and falling. He was still breathing. Uh, that detail was extensively reported in the days following the incident. And uh, some people say I was holding on to Mr. Neely for 15 minutes, is quoting uh, Penny. That's not true. Between stops is only a couple of minutes. So the whole interaction lasted less than five minutes, Penny clarified. Footer later, uh, footage later emerged that Penny was releasing the chokehold and placing Neely in a recovery position while one passenger thanked him for intervening. So the uh, actual video is here. It is in the link in the story in our show notes, and you can go there, you can watch it, check it out. Like I said, it's five, six, seven minutes long, which is a bit too long to play on the show, but I, I really, really encourage you to check it out and listen to what Mr. Penny had to say. Um, it will change your mind, as it should, because if all you have relied on for this story is the mainstream media, well, you've been fooled again. But I know my audience, and they're not fooled easily. Including climate change. Oh, yeah, here we freaking go again. Give me one quick second, because I just want to double-check on our rumble feed and see, yeah, it's still showing nothing. So I don't know what's going on. You're probably watching this as a recording after we did it supposedly live. All right, Greenpeace founder, the actual founder of Greenpeace. This is the guy. Anti-carbon dioxide agenda is a hoax. Renowned environmentalist, Dr. Patrick Moore, who is a co-founder of Greenpeace, has blown the whistle to warn the public that the anti-carbon dioxide narrative is an absolute hoax. Uh, an ecologist, environmentalist activist for more than 50 years, he argues that an increased level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is actually beneficial. Take a listen to this. I mean, you and I have been fighting the climate wars for a very long time. And I don't think anymore. Well, even though, even when I wrote Watermelons, I think I kind of argued this. It's not really about the left and the right. It's about us versus them, about us versus the bastards. That, you know, and, and, and that includes right wing. I mean, for example, notionally conservative governments are just as 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 um balls deep into the into the green agenda as as the left that's correct this is not about the environment it's not about climate it's not about being left or right it's about unelected people having absolute and total control on every minor aspect of our lives having total control in our wallet there you go According to Moore, claims that climate change is human-caused are simply propaganda, and he describes that as dangerous. Boy, is it. Culling cows in Ireland, trying to reduce the amount of vehicles, gas-powered vehicles on the whole planet, down to f half a million, 
which is going to mean you can say goodbye to your car. And that would be if we allow these unelected morons to keep controlling our governments and our, pe- our elected, supposedly elected officials. A geologist professor, Ian Pilmer, says the doomsday climate models supported by climate grifters have absolutely no supporting data and no evidence. Here's another link in our show notes tonight. This is from Simon uh, The link is in our show notes. Uh, professor, an Australian geologist, emeritus professor, professor at the University of Melbourne, where he was the professor and head between 91 and 2005. Professor of geology, mining geology, addressing the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC explained how the climate models supported by climate grifters on which their absurd doomsday predictions are based, all of which have never come true. For 50 years, they've been saying, oh, it's all going to come to an end. We're all going to die. And we're still here as far as I know. We're still here. Uh, Yeah, so they have no supporting data and zero evidence to back them up, according to this guy, who has all the credentials anyone would want. Uh, Since his speech is a long talk, they divided it in this article into several different blogs uh, so you can understand a little bit better about what he had to say. He said, I'm just paraphrasing this and going to read a little bit about what he said, but you need to go in and check. You see how long this is? And there's the, the actual video of his speech, and I encourage you to watch it. I don't have opinions, he said. I have demonstrable facts. These facts are validated and these facts are repeatable. Fact number one, no one has ever shown that human emissions of carbon dioxide drive global warning, uh, warning never been challenged. We see it from the ice cores. We have chemical fingerprints that tell us what the temperatures were. It is not carbon dioxide that drives temperatures. It's the exact inverse. Another fraud. We never hear about the major greenhouse gas, which is water vapor, and water vapor has a remarkable property. It isn't a trace gas, which is why only 115 models don't work. It's because they're trying to create a model that proves carbon dioxide is doom and gloom, which it is not. Fascinating, informative article. Read it, bookmark it, learn the facts. The next time one of your climate change moron drink the Kool-Aid friends tries to hit you up with, oh, it's good for the environment, you can just show them this. More on, boy, we got a lot of environment crap tonight. That's okay. By the way, you see this? That's the Jay Sheldon Show official mug. You can pick one up at the link below, the Jay Sheldon Show merchandise store. And you can also check out our, there's not only that, there's t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, singlets, uh, tank tops. Uh, We even have a Bluetooth speaker over there. Check it out. 
The link is in our show notes. And also our AI art gallery is there. Check that out too. It's very cool. All right. We're going to tell you right now, though, about uh, the good folks at Blackout Coffee. They are one of our sponsors. Just give me a minute. They... They pay to be here and tell you about the good news of Blackout Coffee. And so we're going to do that now. They are, this company is founded on American values, conservative American values. Uh, the founders believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, and like I said, traditional American values. The best small batch roasted coffee. It is all done in-house. They source premium beans from the best locations, local farmers. They harvest it at the right time of year. And they'll work with local co-op and farmers to grow this high-quality coffee and have a strict adherence to small batch roasting coffee. It is roasted, packed, and shipped with lightning speed, usually 24 to 48 hours from the time you place your order, which means you will get a fresh roasted bag of unbelievably good coffee beans. Grind them up, put them through your coffee machine, and you will not be disappointed. It is fantastic. Blackout Coffee, not only an amazing coffee, but a company that helps to support America and our conservative American values. The link is down in our show notes. Check it out, and you will get a special deal. Plus, I know you love promo codes, so we got you one of those, too. On your first order at checkout, put in promo code JS20, J-A-Y-S-20, and you will get 20% off your first order from the good folks Blackout Coffee. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Thank you, Blackout Coffee. Appreciate that. All right. Do you have a home garden? You grow your own vegetables? A lot of people do. A lot of people more are doing it these days than ever. Well, take a look at this. You think digital ID is bad? The Department of Agriculture wants you to register your vegetable garden. Big Brother Much, the USDA is now asking people to register their vegetable garden for a national database. And what do you suppose they're going to use that for? Hmm. Why do they want you to put your local little patch on the side of your yard or backyard into the national database? A lot of people are scratching their heads, renewed their push, the USDA for the People's Garden Initiative, which now includes registering vegetable gardens nationwide. According to the USDA, whom I believe about as much as I'd believe the CDC or any one of those ridiculously corrupt government agencies, the move is to get this excuse, to foster a more diverse and resilient local food system to empower communities to address issues like nutrition access and, here it comes, climate change. Those who have been following the USDA closely for years know they couldn't care less about your health or your nutrition. You have to re uh, meet several easily obtainable standards uh, school gardens, community gardens, urban farms, small-scale agriculture projects in 
rural, suburban, and urban areas can be recognized as a people's garden. Ah, uh, yeah. Those standards essentially define every community garden in the known universe. Now the government organization that shells out billions every year to companies whose products like high fructose corn syrup, oh yummy, are responsible for a massive epidemic of obesity across the planet and will have a database of them. So there you go. I encourage you to tell the Department of Agriculture to F off. Seriously, to not, you cannot be so stupid. Uh, Look, I know you're not, but as a warning, don't get fooled into it. They will do anything they can to make your life more difficult. And while it may seem, oh, it's for the good of everyone, it's to help climate change it's it's like registering your guns be lucky you don't live in california every time it's a head shaker every time california has advanced a bill hasn't passed yet but they're working on it you ready for this one no i'm sure you're not It will help shoplifters steal. Shoplifting in California may get a lot easier. It's already pretty easy. You just walk in, take what you want, and walk out. You see videos of it all the time. The state Senate in the insane state of California has passed a bill on May 31st, just 12 days ago, that would make it illegal for store employees to confront shoplifters. Somebody or a group of people come in your store and start shoplifting. This bill would make it illegal for you as an employee of the store to say, hey, put that down. (laughs) Oh, we've reached peak nutville, folks. Democratic Senator Daniel Cortez from San Jose requires employers to maintain violent incident logs, provide active shooter and shoplifter training, and to discard policies requiring workers to confront suspected shoplifters. The bill is intended to help employees Employers keep employees safe at work. The bill passed the Senate 29 to 8. Man, California. Unbelievable. The bill, according to the California Retail Association, will apply to all industries, not just retail. And uh, CEO and CRA President Ralph uh, Rachel Michelin said the bill goes way too far. I think it'll open the doors even wider for people to come in and steal from our stores. Well, duh. It's already impossible, and it's happening every day that these criminals, these crooks, these low-life thugs 
are just walking in the store and leaving with whatever the hell they want. And now you're going to make it easier? How does that make sense? Well, the answer is it absolutely doesn't. Insane. All right. <laughs> we couldn't do a show without some pronoun, transgender, crap, garbage story. And I got one and a video you're really not going to believe. You talk about first world, first world problems. <laughs> this is one. Female, get this, from the Epic Times. Female spa with a compulsory nudity. It's a spa. It's for women. And it has a compulsory nudity policy. If you are in this spa, you are required to be naked. But it's all women, so who cares? Well, maybe you might care if a man who felt that he was a woman decided he wanted to go in this spa. Here we go. Female-only spa with compulsory nudity must admit transgender women with penises, according to a judge. Yep. A sign of segregated women and men female bathrooms. There you go. A spa that for years have served only women. According to a judge, it's ruled that they, uh, they must admit men if they just simply claim to be a woman. The constitutional rights of the owner, employees, other patrons of Olympus Spa in Washington State. I'm really surprised this is Washington and not California, but you know, that whole West Coast. Say that the constitutional rights were not infringed when officials in the state ordered the facility to provide services to transgendered women with male genitalia. Washington District Court Judge Barbara Jacobs Rothstein said in a June 5th ruling, just recently happened, the, the spa, whose owners are Christian, uh, is uh, being designed based on the belief that a male and a female should not ordinarily be in each other's presence while in the nude unless they're married to each other, according to a complaint filed by the owners. Well, a lot of services provided by the spa require patrons to be fully naked, and the employees who work on site are all female. Requiring the admission of men claiming to be women according to this idiot judge, violates the constitutional rights of freedom of speech and religion and freedom of association to men who claim they feel like a woman, I feel like a woman. Shania Twain, my favorite, in love with Shania Twain. Anyway, back to it. Uh, Rothstein, the judge, disagreed. She said, uh, finding the state law called the Washington Law Against Discrimination does not discriminate on its face does not, by its terms, favor a particular religion or non-exercise of religion. And so, this all-female spa, which has required nudity, now must admit men if they simply 
feel like a woman. You know where that's going to go, don't you? Of course. Oh, I'm so offended. You called me a him or a her or a she or an it or a they or whatever your freaking idiot pronouns are. I will absolutely not follow your pronouns. So don't even think about it. And if you get offended by that, that's your problem, not mine. Get offended. I couldn't give a crap less. Take a look at this moron and her story. Talk about first world problems. This is beyond stupid. So I was just picking up my vehicle from an oil change and the person came out of the garage and said, what can I do for you, young lady? And I know that this was intended to be a greeting of respect and kindness or politeness maybe, but I had this immediate like, okay, young, maybe comparatively, I'll take it. But I was like, lady, what do I do with that? Like, it's so complicated because I know this person only intended kindness. There was a smile on their face. Like I know that they weren't trying to like patronize me or gender me, but I felt so gendered and so inappropriately gendered. And I don't know what to do with that. Like, what do you do with I don't know what to do. I felt so inappropriately gendered because the guy called me young lady. Oh no. Oh, shut the up. I, seriously. Mm. God, it's so frustrating. These morons. Again, I suppose the best thing we can possibly do is simply ignore them. Because that's all they want. That's all they want is your attention. That's why they shoot themselves. They put it up on TikTok or Instagram or wherever the hell they are. And it's just for attention. That's all they want. And yeah, I know this show's giving it to them and we shouldn't. Uh, You know, that idiot from the Bud Light crap. I, I refuse. I will not put another single frame of it, his image on this show, nor will I ever mention his name again. But thanks to him, Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch is now down about, what, how many billions of dollars now? And it's getting worse. And there is nothing they're going to do to recover. You screwed up big time. Oh, well, too bad, too sad. Not. All right. We got to do one more story, which is an amazing good news story. And seriously, it is absolutely incredible. I found this on Twitter, so I actually included the Twitter link. Four missing children from a plane crash on the 1st of May, just a month or so ago, in the Amazon jungle, have been found alive. No, I'm not kidding. There is a picture of the plane. If you're listening on our podcast, check out our Rumble show at rumble.com slash the Jay Sheldon show. And truly, as it says here, truly a miracle. The children that survived this crash were age 13, 9, 4, and an infant. They survived being alone in the jungle for almost 40 days dehydrated, covered in insect bites, but overall, considering, in pretty good condition. Unbelievable. Here is some of the rescuers. And there, seated on the ground, you can see them there, are uh, some of the children that were there. That is an unbelievable, unbelievable story. Absolutely incredible. Got more details here. From the New York Times, 
If you'd like to read more, just check this out. And uh, no, we don't need that. Okay, four missing children found after 40 days in the Colombian jungle. Age 13, 9, 4, and 1 year old. Uh, wow, look at that. Absolutely amazing story. And they were all, it doesn't say what happened to the adults. I assume they perished. Certainly one of these kids was not piloting the plane. But um, that's insane. All right, the bodies of the three adults on board were found. So they did perish in the crash. But these four children... Um, survived in the jungle of the Amazon. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable story. Both of those links to the Twitter feed and also to the New York Times story is in our uh, in our show notes tonight, so do check it out. That's insane. Wow. All right. So it's pretty much confirmed now that you've been watching a recording of our show. We did it as if we were live, but... For some reason, Rumble did a major screw-up tonight. And um, there you go. So thank you, by the way. And if you wouldn't mind, over here's a follow button. Just click that follow button. It really helps the show out a lot. Cost you nothing. Free for you. Easy to do. Just one click. That's it. Hit the follow button, and we are good to go. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Let's get on to our book. We read books on this show. And of late, we have been doing George Orwell's 1984. Why? Because we're living in it, folks. We're all the way up to chapter 11. We're about halfway through this book. It's been amazing. I told you before, of course, I know the book 1984. I know the quotes. I know all the about it. Uh, I know the, uh, you know, Cliff Notes version, but I never actually sat down and read the book until now and i'm reading it and discovering it with you i don't read ahead so as we go here we're both learning and listening at the same time so uh yeah here we go it's chapter 11 we can come here once again said julia it's generally safe to use any hideout twice but not for another month or two of course as soon as she woke up her demeanor had changed she'd become alert businesslike, put her clothes on, knotted the scarlet sash around her waist, and began arranging the details of the journey home. It seemed natural to leave this to her. She obviously had a practical cunning, which Winston lacked, and she also seemed to have an exhaustive knowledge of the countryside around London, stored away from innumerable community hikes. The route she gave him was quite different from the way he'd come and brought him out at a different railroad station. Never go home the same way as you went out, she said, as though enunciating an important general principle. She would leave first, and Winston was to wait half an hour before following her. She'd named a place where they could meet after work four evenings hence. It was a street, one of the poorer quarters, where there was an open market, which was generally crowded and noisy. She'd be hanging about among the stalls, pretending to be in search of shoelaces or sewing thread. If she judged the coast was clear, she'd blow her nose when he approached. Otherwise, he was to walk past her without recognition. But with luck, in the middle of the crowd, it would be safe to talk for a quarter of an hour and arrange another meeting. And now I must go, she said, 
as soon as he'd mastered his instructions. I'm due back at 9.30. Gotta put in two hours for the Junior Anti-Sex League, handing out leaflets or something. Isn't it bloody? Give me a brush down, would you? Have I got any twigs in my hair? Are you sure? Oh, then, goodbye, my love. Goodbye. She flung herself into his arms, kissed him almost violently, and a moment later pushed her way through the saplings and disappeared into the wood with very little noise. Even now, he'd not found out her surname or her address. However, made no difference, for it was inconceivable that they could ever meet indoors or exchange any kind of written communication. As it happened, they never went back to the clearing in the wood. During the month of May, there was only one further occasion on which they actually succeeded in making love. That was in another hiding place known to Julia, the belfry of a ruinous church in an almost deserted stretch of country where an atomic bomb had fallen 30 years earlier. It was a good hiding place once you got there, but the getting there was very dangerous. For the rest, they could meet only in the streets, in a different place every evening, and never for more than half an hour at a time. In the street, it was usually possible to talk after a fashion. As they drifted down the crowded pavements, not quite abreast and never looking at another, they carried on a curious, intermittent conversation which flicked on and off like the beams of a lighthouse. Suddenly nipped into silence by the approach of a party uniform or the proximity of a telescreen, then taken up again minutes later in the middle of a sentence, then abruptly cut short as they parted at the agreed spot, then continued almost without introduction on the following day. Julia appeared to be quite used to this kind of conversation, which she called talking by installments. She was also surprisingly adept at speaking without moving her lips. Just once in almost a month of nightly meetings, they managed to exchange a kiss. They were passing in silence down a side street. Julia would never speak when they were away from the main streets, when there was a deafening roar. The earth heaved, the air darkened, and Winston found himself lying on his side bruised and terrified. A rocket bomb must have dropped quite near at hand. Suddenly became aware of Julia's face, a few centimeters from his own. Deathly white, as white as chalk. Even her lips were white. She was dead. He clasped her against him, and found that he was kissing a live, warm face. But there was some powdery stuff that got in the way of his lips. Both of their faces were thickly coated with plaster. There were evenings when they reached their rendezvous and then had to walk past another without a sign, because a patrol had just come round the corner or a helicopter was hovering overhead. Even if it had been less the corner, uh, less dangerous, it would still have been difficult for them to find time to meet. 
Winston's working weekly was 60 hours. Julia's was even longer, and their free days varied according to the pressure of work and did not often coincide. Julia, in any case, seldom had an evening completely free. She spent an astonishing amount of time in attending lectures and demonstrations. She spent an astonishing amount of time in lectures, demonstrations, distributing literature for the Junior Anti-Sex League, preparing banners for Hate Week, making collections for the Savings Campaign, and such-like activities. It paid, she said. It was camouflage. If you kept the small rules, you could break the big ones. She even induced Winston to mortgage yet another of his evenings by enrolling himself for the part-time munition work which was done voluntarily by zealous party members. So one evening every week, Winston spent four hours of paralyzing boredom, screwing together small bits of metal, which were probably parts of bomb fuses, in a draughty, ill-lit workshop where the knocking of hammers mingled drivelly with the music of the telescreens. When they met in the church tower, the gaps in their fragmentary conversation were filled up. It was a blazing afternoon. The air in the little square chamber above the bells was hot and stagnant, smelt overpoweringly of pigeon dung. They sat talking for hours on the dusty, twig-littered floor, one or other of them getting up from time to time to cast a glance through the arrow slits make sure no one was coming. Julia was twenty years old. She lived in a hostel with thirty other girls, always in the stink of women. How I hate women, she said parenthetically. And she worked as he'd guessed, on the novel-writing machines in the fiction department. She enjoyed her work, which consisted chiefly in running and servicing a powerful but tricky electric motor. She was not clever, but fond of using her hands and felt at home with machinery. She could describe the whole process of composing a novel, from the general directive issued by the planning committee down to the final touching up by the rewrite squad. But she wasn't interested in the final product. She didn't care much for reading, she said. Books were just a commodity that had to be produced, like jam or bootlaces. She had no memory of anything before the early 60s, and the only person she'd ever known who talked frequently of the days before the revolution was a grandfather who had disappeared when she was eight. And that's where we will leave it tonight, in the middle of that chapter, and we'll pick it up again on tomorrow night's show. Again, my apologies. I don't know what happened with Rumble tonight. It wasn't from our side, but apparently something up with the servers over there. So thanks for watching. It's been a recorded show. Uh, we really appreciate it. Same thing we do live. We're just watching it on tape delay. Now I'd be sure and hit that follow button over there. Do, do, just give that a click and you're good to go. And I will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Good
Miller. <laughs>